Oh my god! Hand holding, cheek touches. This is the most romantic goddamn bullshit I've seen. What the fuck? Literally, my notes in all caps just say true romance. It's so oh, sweet. I love them. So, just to level with you, this is a comedy podcast, but... In case all the swears and less-than-healthy coping mechanisms aren't clear enough, this show isn't for kids. Listener discretion is advised. And regarding the books, while Animorphs is nominally for children, there is some extremely dark and textbook-triggering content involved. Body horror and animal harm are pretty standard, but every book is different. So for specific content warnings, check the notes of this episode. And you know what? If you have to bow out because of any of this, we understand and we support you. All right. That all said, on with the show. Hi, welcome to Lit Kid Lit, where uh, we get high and cry about whales. We get high and cry about the majesty, the beauty, the sadness regarding whales. There's just... On it, I mean, look, you hit me at a certain day, I'm going to cry about whales no matter what. Honestly? Yeah. <laughs> this book in particular, which is uh, book four of the Animorphs Kid series, The Message, Cassie's first book. Yep. As an introduction here, I am Nika, a first-time morpher and heavily judgmental bird and zoology enthusiast who also cries about whales. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we're white women. What are you going to do? Uh, exactly. Yeah, we're white, simple white bitches. It <laughs> yeah. comes with the territory. You look out at the ocean, you think about Free Willy, you cry. It's a thing. Yeah, it's yeah, just happening. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I am the resident animorph historian, Kara. Yeah, so we're going to get just right into it. Book four, The Message, starts with Cassie. Loving it. It's squirrel time. Cassie goes squirrel just for funsies, just because, just because there's a predator around. <laughs> and if you want to like meet a predator, the best thing to do is turn into a snack. I fucking, I genuinely loved the squirrel, the zany squirrel brain, because it's just like, what the fuck is going on? What, who are you? What's this? A nut. Oh my God. And I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> what they're right. Like, you're right. So I've had the deep mispleasure in my life, uh, displeasure mm -hmm. of um, dealing with a lot of orphaned baby squirrels. Because oh. one of the biggest things at the wildlife center is someone going this squirrel fell out of its nest and i already brought it to you and we're like well do you know that Dude. they can climb yeah Fuck. shit like too too late all gray squirrels are the devil oh yeah every single gray squirrel in the entire world it's true any any footage you see online that's like random squirrel jumps on leg and freaks the shit out of somebody it's a gray squirrel it's always it's a, a fat squirrel asshole gray squirrel that's been fed sun chips for most of its goddamn days <laughs> yeah uh, I've had to just like work on weaning gray squirrels. Here's the thing, and they don't tell you about gray squirrels, is that their claws, like, I mean, imagine a squirrel has to go they vertical They have nasty ups, little right? hands. Their little hands are full of daggers. Yes. And I have been drawn to blood more by squirrels than I ever have fucking bird, birds of prey. Don't even, don't, they're fine. Talons, uh, no big deal. Like snakes, turtles, it doesn't matter. Nothing. Nothing's hurt me more than goddamn squirrels. Yes. So Cassie turns into a squirrel and it is hilarious because she genuinely is just like, what's over there? Who are you? What is that? Oh my God. I'm and anxious. Everything's anxious. <laughs> and then Tobias tries to eat her for a hot second. Mm -hmm. 
Because uh, he just shows up and is, it's mid it's midnight, by the way. Yeah. It is late at night. So Tobias shows up and we turn out, well, it turns out, oh, this is what you've been doing, Tobias? You just kind of go hang out in Cassie's barn at night because you don't want to sleep in a goddamn wardrobe drawer? Mm-hmm. Valid of you, but okay. And like, hey, there's lots of little <laughs> snacky critters running around that aren't being, like, he's not picking off the patients, but... <laughs> Hey, you see a random rat. Right, yeah. I, I'm really glad that Tobias has embraced the whole, hey, let's... Yeah, he he's he's accepted. I love that they. it's not drawn out. He's accepted this part of himself to an extent that he can live with it. Yeah. And they make... And Cassie immediately... Because Cassie's fucking... Like, she gets people so well so quickly. She's like, he likes it when we make jokes and we acknowledge that he is what he is without, like, talking down to him. So she's like, you wanted a squirrel sandwich? God's bless Cassie. She is the most emotionally mature person of this entire team. And if it weren't for her, I'd have gone insane right now. But yeah, the squirrel sandwich. And he was like, Haha, I'm thinking barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but I'm cute. done. Like, jokey. Haha, <laughs> cute. But it takes it takes him a while. The reason that Tobias figures out the squirrel is Cassie is because a fox shows up and Cassie's almost eaten by the fox. Mm-hmm. And Tobias has to save her because she goes, Tobias, help me! And he's like, what the f- It's you? Yeah. Shit, I was gonna eat you. Okay. <laughs> Give me heads up, please. Uh, and then, like, the fox goes away. Oh, yeah. Tobias fucking helps her out. He, he, he rakes the fox and the fox is like, okay, this is not a good spot anymore. <laughs> not maybe, worth it. Maybe. Not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. So they, uh, they, they talk for a little bit and they kind of have a, a fun little time and Cassie's just like, he's like, why are you out here so late? What's going on? And she's like, well, yeah, well, we, you know, something's been coming in here. I just wanted to, I figured the best way to figure out what it was would to be to turn into something mm-hmm. that could observe it and also potentially lure it in. Because, you know, I haven't been sleeping well. Yep. And, and he's like, I'm sorry, what? She's <laughs> like, yeah, just some like weird dreams, not like normal dreams, you know, like ocean dreams. And Tobias is like, ocean dreams, you say. They both. They both have this experience, a a voice calling to them from the ocean in their dreams. And it's weird enough. And they they both get like a creepy chill, which I feel valid. Anytime someone's like, I have the same dream. That's not a good I would want to I would want to peace out. Right. (laughs) It's a weird moment. It's definitely like mm, uncomfortable. And they they immediately are like, "Okay, we need to talk to everyone. This is not just something that we should get over. Let's figure out what's happening. So they meet at Rachel's house and they have a moment where Cassie describes how much their mentality and lives have changed and focused on paranoia and privacy where like they have Tobias Mm -hmm. scope everything out. They never Marco makes sure they never say anything over the phone that could be construed in any way. And it's like, okay, cool. They're 14. That's so much. That's so much pressure to just exist like that. This is going to sound, this is going to get into a little bit of personal history here, but this is what it immediately equated to in my mind. But um, so I'm a first generation immigrant. My family escaped the USSR. And when my family has described to me what it was like living in a police controlled state. Oh, yeah. And having to watch everything that they said. Don't talk to your neighbors. I was thinking Don't trust the same anybody. Thing. Anybody's willing to sell you out. Nothing is real. You're gonna get killed. Don't say it. Like watch every step, every move you make. Yeah. Someone's watching. Of you. course, someone's and I was watching reading you. That yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, holy shit, this just sounds like people living in a state where they can't yeah. trust anyone. Like the the lack of trust 
for their entire world. Because again, like falling back to this, Jake's brother, Tom is a controller mm-hmm. or is being controlled by a year. Literally their closest authority figure, the assistant principal of their middle or high school. Yeah. They know is a power player in this horrifying alien invasion. Right. So at that point, of course they can't trust anybody. They're living in a state of constant paranoia. Which is completely understandable, but, like, they have to do shit like, hey, you want to come over and listen to that CD? You want to come over and watch that VCR tape? <laughs> it's the 90s. Would you like it's to VCR 90s. record? Let's, be Kind let's Rewind? Let's watch what we VCR, Be yeah. Kind Rewind. God, I miss the Be Kind Rewind. Oh, my God. <laughs> I used to go to a video store back in old school where I lived in Connecticut, and there was a video store right next to the chiropractic place I went. And I think that the chiropractor, like, it was the same building, so they owned mm. both. It was weird. It was the 90s. Yeah. And uh, I remember going to rent the Tarzan VCR. (laughs) Yes, yeah, VHS. tape, right? VHS, there we go. Uh, And they had two Budgeriggers in their chiropractor and blockbuster, like, you know, shop. And I loved those Budgeriggers. I would always hang out with those birds. And I remember the clearest, one of the clearest memories is my tiny ass being too short to look over the counter, sliding the Tarzan tape over to them. And then the bird flew down onto the counter. And I was just like... Freaking out while my mom purchased the the VHS <laughs> rental. That's that's the nineties for you, everybody. I, I don't know if you remember that, but fuck, I do. I All love of your it. combination blockbuster chiropractors offices out there. <laughs> you know, it's such a specific combination. It is. It is. That is like very nice. I mean, rental stores, it's not even the same as like, you know, Redbox. Redbox doesn't. Yeah. It does not hit the same as a Blockbuster and those big bulky ass plastic. Oh, yeah. No, I remember wandering through the Blockbuster aisles like uh, it was like being in a weird video library. And I remember when the change to DVD started happening Mm -hmm. and I was like, I can't believe these are so thin. I can't read the titles as easily anymore because I'm blind. Back when, like, the cover of your your VHS or your DVD or whatever, that meant something. Like, people were... Yeah. People would rent based on cover. I still have a fond, fond memory of, like, watching the previews on the VHS Mm -hmm. and not fast-forwarding through them. Oh, yeah. I remember being, like, coming soon to video... Because I remember watching that for a lot of, like, Ghibli things and being like, what's (laughs) the next Studio Ghibli movie that's going to come out on VHS? Mm -hmm. I want it. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that was a fun little trip down nostalgia lane right there. Oh, oh, I wanted to say, you were talking about, like, the fascist state, because I'm secretly, like, a 70-year-old man who's obsessed with mm-hmm. history documentaries and World War II <laughs> yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. It immediate, immediately reminded me, and I and just recently watched Jojo Rabbit, which, boy, what a film, um, mm-hmm. reminded me of, uh, you know, Germany during the Third Reich, uh, the way they propagandized children to report on their parents in a very 1984 you know horrifying way no one is no one is safe and you can't you're taught to not trust anyone even those you love it creates a very interesting and horrifying dynamic public dynamic yeah yeah that was it So that level of paranoia for these kids of like, I don't know who I can talk to. I don't know what I can say. Oh, I'm doing homework. I'm going to go listen to this CD. Didn't you listen to that CD with them last week? Fuck, you're found out. Who knows? Yeah. In fact, that kind of ties right back to the squirrel thing. Because the reason that Cassie chose, not chose, but enjoyed becoming a squirrel is she was like, my life is so full of paranoia and stress and anxiety. I would love to turn into something for which that is the norm. Yeah. Holy shit. Something that was built on that 
that that precedent on that that idea of yeah. you're going to be experiencing constant stress and prey anxiety. Um, but yeah, yeah, okay, let's get back to it. So so they pop in a VHS that fucking Jake recorded of the local news, and it turns out, uh, like, they, they're like, oh, what do you, you know, they, they kind of disagree, of course, about what the ocean dreams mean, and even Cassie is like, I don't know how much stock we should put into this, they're dreams. Right. But Jake points out that a piece of the Andalite ship that crashed into the ocean way back in book one... Uh, just as an offhand note, when they're when fucking Visser Three is murdering and eating Elfangor, that's that's come back. And Jake says, "No, it's not a hoax." When I went into the ship, I saw the Andalite writing, and I'm not an expert, but they look the same to me. Yeah. So they're like, it's, "Welp, okay, we got to do something." It was genuinely like, uh, it starts out as funny because Jake's like, "We're all gonna sit down at this." tv and watch what i you know yeah. recorded on the vcr because they're like they he recorded like a news thing yeah but uh then it turns into like oh shit i don't know that alphabet but i know that alphabet yeah yeah like no there there's more it's more than just a feeling that you've had like this is something important and as they start doing that both cassie and tobias fucking black out once they see the andalite writing hang on we're gonna hard screech back real quick because we forgot to mention how much of a crush Cassie has on Jake. Oh my god, they are so cute is, and they love each other and I love so it. They're so cute. Like, because when she passes out, the reason we're hard screeching back is she straight up goes, I passed out, I didn't even, like, I wouldn't even respond to Jake catching me. I fell straight back, not even caring that Jake caught me in his arms before I hit the carpet. Oh, ah, my little so teenage cute. heart. Oh my god. She describes him as, he's very cute in a big, strong kind of way. He seems very serious until you get to know him. And then you realize he's still pretty serious, but he knows when to laugh. It's like, shut up, like, he's so fucking strong, cute. And he's got deep brown eyes and people really respect him, but he still likes everyone. And she's it, so heart uh, eyes at Jake. So it's the most much. adorable thing in the world of her just like. And like, oh they're God, like, I, I don't know. Boy. I kind of like each other. I like him. We kind of like each other. Like, girl, you are dating. He showed up to your family Thanksgiving last year. That's what I was. I was freaking out about that. Right? They were like He was like, yeah, I was at your Thanksgiving. I've met your grandma mother and i'm like who just does that you don't just go to someone's thanksgiving like that you go to thanksgiving <laughs> what was that conversation hey mom hey dad hey tom i'm gonna go over to cassie's for thanksgiving and what your whole family was just like what the fuck about your family no they were like yeah go to your girlfriend's house that's fine mm-hmm. that like you're dating you're already dating mm-hmm. it's already happening my, my everyone kids, my knows children, you guys are dating angels. it's not just like we <laughs> like each other it's fine you hold hands when no one else is looking come on <laughs> Like, God, I love it. They hold hands so much in this book. It makes it's my heart so cute. Sore. Oh, it's really sweetly point, written too. Like it's not it, over it, the it top. Is, it's it's very cute, and I love this kind of just. Uh, rem- I just love Cassie's emotional maturity about all of mm-hmm. this. Um, she has such a, a crush on Jake, but she's also just like aware of you know their situation and then she has to describe everybody else and when she describes marco it is the cutest thing because you can tell she respects the hell out of him Mm -hmm. i love that the description is he has these amazing eyelashes i'd love to have myself right oh haven't you met a boy like that though like there's certain boys have the eyelash genes haven't i freaking hate him i hate that i hate 
I don't hate, but I'm envious mm-hmm. to the, like my core. I'm like, how come? Mm-hmm. Well, how did you get that? How come you got the Unfair. eyelash jeans? I want those. But my my favorite part is her description of Marco is Marco's cooperative mood didn't last long. I knew it wouldn't. He's not happy unless he's complaining about something. Mm-hmm. So everyone acknowledges that Marco's just a bitch. Yep. They know they know Marco. They totally get him that Fucking he's going Marco. to be this guy. And he's like, Well, I need a car for girls to like me. And they're like, that's not gonna help Marco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They like, constantly gonna, shit on him too, anything. but he loves it. And that's how I that's that's where I find my appreciation of Marco. He he lives yeah. to also be shit on. He can dish it out and yeah. take it with extreme uh Marco grace, which is being bitchy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. So, so I th- also love that Oh, go ahead. I was gonna quickly add a quick comment of and then she describes Tobias, which is Tobias is never happy, period. He thinks if he's ever happy, someone will just come along and take his happiness away. Yeah. Oh my god. Ice cold, Cassie. She gets everyone so well that she knows exactly she how fucked up so they are. Aware. Yeah. And I was like, wow, thanks for saying it so bluntly, but holy shit. And I think that what's important is that since she's so aware of everybody, she kinda knows how to deal with everybody yeah she's that's why she's everyone the likes her yeah she that's, understands their emotions and where they're coming from that's a part also of their like manure date oh okay so they're doing this <laughs> well let's, yeah, let's go back date. we gotta we gotta go back because they go to scope out the beach and they find controllers and they get chased by controllers with real ass guns and they're like mm-hmm. hey we're used to like space star trek lasers these guns are also very scary though <laughs> Like, they start shooting at them on the as beach. children, and they're just children at this point. And they run yeah. and they hide in the ocean and transform Ugh. into freshwater fish, knowing that that's going to be very bad. And they're burning and they're freaking out and they can't breathe. But at least it's better than being shot at. Yeah. And they get Tobias tells them, or they hear it's like they hear uh, the fucking vice principal be like, "I can't believe you just started shooting at them. They're just fucking humans." Yeah. And they're like, "Wait, we found these jeans in the surf." Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, they're just kids swimming, probably." But it's a little bit weird. What if they're not even Andalites? Oh. Yeah, the the, the Yerk, I love getting the the Yerk infantry, like, peanut gallery, because Chapman and his wife were also like, what is wrong with Visser 3? He is such a fucking clown. He is botching this all the time. And here they're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, what if they aren't Andalites? Like, they definitely could just not be Andalites. We're just assuming that. They're like, yeah, but Visser 3 fucking won't listen to anyone, so what are you gonna do? He'll kill you if you say anything. And I love that. Visser 3 wrong? I'm not the fool that's gonna try to tell him. Yeah. Like, I love that whenever we do flash over to the controllers, it's just the Yerks being like, you wanna tell him? You want to die? Yeah. Or do you want you want me to die? They're trying. Like, neither of us should die. <laughs> yeah. They are also interestingly like trying their best. They're not full mm-hmm. like mindless body snatcher robot soldiers. Right. Ugh. It's a good. It's a good human look at everything. I'm really genuinely. I think that it's very impressive how they manage to even slightly human uh, give some humanity to. We gotta not use just the Chapman, word humanize just in- because that's the way our language is. <laughs> Yeah. We don't have, I mean, anthropomorphize, uh, moralize, I guess, conscientious. uh, (sighs) Anyway. Which is hard. But yeah, yeah, at least we managed to humanize the aliens. (laughs) Yeah. It, it, like, it's fully a war. Like, they are, you know, it's not a 
a disease. They aren't treated as so obscure and strange that they're completely understandable. Like, they kind of are, but the more exposure you have, the more you understand. Which is true of anything. It's the way brains and learning and life works. Anyway. Yeah. So, so hard cut to the manure day yeah, where everything is perfect so and I was happy. Chapter seven made my heart grow ten sizes because every, every, God, God, I Jake love shows every up single and he remark. just fucking, he just, he like gets in with Cassie's chores. Like he picks up a thing and starts helping her immediately because he just wants to spend time with her. But just look at how cute this dialogue is though. So typical guy, he had the bad time to show up when I looked like Ms. Manure. Hi Jake, did you come by to help me shovel manure? He grinned. He has a great smile. It appears kind of slowly, like it doesn't quite belong on his serious face. Oh. I don't know. Did I? Oh, God. I'm smitten. I'm. That was smooth. So and then she goes, cute. and because she's like, she ultimately, they're friends first, the crush, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she's like, yeah, you did. And she just hands him a shovel and he's just there to hang out. And mm-hmm. they don't have to talk. Like, they know that they each have something to say to each other. But they're just hanging out together it's so genuinely good they're comfortable and they have a playfulness that's very human and not like Mm -hmm. overstate like they're not like they're like they're pretty suave to each other but they're still like human it doesn't seem over the top or fake like no one's he's not fucking inviting her to mambo on a beautiful lit beach with fairy lights or whatever you know what i mean like it's a very genuine human romance um yeah and also she like they talk about the weight of responsibility of choices because Cassie is still she's worried she doesn't want to force people to do things that would get hurt she doesn't want to live with that choice I think that that I love this bit and we'll come back to it later because this comes up again from Marco of all people but in this moment when he says I need you to make this decision because you and Tobias are the ones experiencing it and Tobias earlier said, listen, we'll do what we can do, but I'm a bird. Like, if this is coming yeah. from the ocean, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very blunt about it. Like, he probably feels bad about it, but he's also like... I, Realistically, I have a he's clock. like, I can't, I'm not I, the one going into the ocean. I can't. Right. So he's like, I don't feel like I can weigh in on this decision because this decision and he's isn't still, something that I can And still, he's like, do. but we need to do something because what if there's an Andalite there and we need to do right. anything? So I love that when she's... God, when she's talking to Jake about this, he's like, look, if you tell me it's real, it's real. I think you're right. I, you know, we'll we'll fight Marco on Marco because it's fighting Marco, <laughs> but you're the one with the dream. Only you can decide if it's real enough for us to try to do something about it. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And her humility, her hu- humility is my, one of my favorite things about her because everyone acknowledges that she's the best morpher. You hear mm-hmm. it over and over again in all the other books. But in her own book, she's like, we all morph really fine. I don't get what they're sa- like. Mm-hmm. We're fine. But Jake is like, look, you're the best at understanding animals. You you understand people too. Like we're, if you think we should pursue this, we'll be right behind you. Um, and it's, this is a funny, funny, funny thing. He's, he's like, you know, Rachel will be right behind you. Me too. And Marco, Marco won't be behind you. He'll be several feet back. I know, <laughs> right? Oh, so cute. So perfect. Their dynamic in it to a T. Their dynamic's so good. And she's so scared. And she also, and she's, <sighs> she's, she's Go like, ahead. can't you choose for me? And he's like, if you oh. want me to, I will. And, and she's like, fuck, of course he'll do that for me. But that means he'll okay. have to carry this weight. This is the most tender moment I have seen in years. This is about as tender to me. 
Kara, Kara, this is as tender to me as the goddamn hand-holding scene in Pride and Prejudice. Oh my like, god. You know, you know how much I am here for the Pride and Prejudice <laughs> hand-holding beat. Okay. <laughs> Can't you decide for me? I asked, joking. He nodded solemnly. If you want me to, sure. And then if it's a disaster, it'll all be on your head, I said. You'll be the one who feels bad. You'll be the one to blame. I reached out and touched his cheek. That's incredibly sweet of you. But you're right. I guess it's my decision this time. They are smelling is... horse shit in a barn. Oh, yeah. And she puts her hand gently on his cheek as he says, I am willing to shoulder any responsibility for you. And she goes, I know you will, but you can't. Yep. Ugh! Kill me where Cassie I stand! Such a cheek toucher. That's the best! <laughs> I love when they end with he, him going, I would rather shovel manure with you than do homework without you. Ex- yes. Yes, that is oh, so sweet. I am smitten That is the now. sweetest 14-year-old boy thing I could have imagined. Oh, oh, my God. God. I would love... I'd rather shovel horseshit with you than go do my homework, but we're kids and this is what it is. Oh, it's my God. It's the perfect it. level of Jake flirty, where it's like, it is it flirty, is. but it's also like, boy, homework sucks, right? We're kids. Yeah. Teen problems, zip is out, little lightning bolt behind the sticker. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so so they make the choice. They go back to the beat, or they go to the gardens and they acquire dolphin morphs. And Cassie feels a little iffy about it because she's like, they're so smart. They're they're much they're much more aware of what's going on that it feels uh invasive maybe to morph them and take their DNA without consent. But before we go on to the the, the um morality thing i also want to cut to quickly this bit with marco because you know me i hate marco but so there's a very 90s thing of we're doing our homework on the bus on the way to the zoo and i listen to my walkman oh my god yuck (laughs) i hate math but the fucking walkman thing sent me but cassie gets on the bus right she glances over at marco and this is wild her emotional maturity sends me it's so incredible um it starts like and i think that the way that ka does this is very well done because she goes i can get into the zoo anytime i want all the others have to pay which is kind of a drag because marco never has any money Mm -hmm. since his mom died his dad has been messed up he they're always broke i guess i think it's kind of romantic the way marco's dad has never gotten over his wife dying but on the other hand it's like i had to learn when i started helping my dad with the animals sometimes death just happens and all you can do is get over it the best you can it's tough for marco because he feels like he has to take care of his dad instead of having his dad take care of him yeah plus i glance over at marco he was looking out of the window being quiet hey marco i said what is that a new haircut it looks good yeah he looked surprised Fuck! Don't make me care about Marco, Cassie. It's he, need, he kind he of needs smiles, this but much. he's so. I hate it. Hey, Carrie, you know what I'm getting? You know what I'm getting from all of this? What? You know how I'm an asshole on the outside to everyone that's ever met me, and then I kind of soften up into a big old mushy like pop tart. <laughs> I think maybe I might end up empathizing with Marco the most. This sucks. He's he's very empathizable. He's. I mean, they're all <sighs> complex. You. I mean. Look, next book is right. Marco's book. We're in for a ride. Uh, I can't wait. But yeah, but he, the fact that he's like he doesn't trust that he looks good. He's not sure. He's, he's alone. He's taking care of his parents. He's Ugh. super insecure, and he's like, they talk. They mention loosely like he used to want to get yoked and stuff like that. And now that he's a gorilla, yeah. he's like, well, you know, it's not the same. But he's sensitive about how short he is and how you know whatever girls think he's cuter than he is like manly. 
And that's a very real boy thing. Yeah. It's a real boy thing, but, like, fundamentally what I feel like it boils down to is this boy is so afraid of dying because he's never gotten the chance to live. Wow. How shitty is that? Yeah. He's he understands an adult. He, he understands that too, because he's like, I want to live to get my driver's license, and no one else even thinks about that or mentions that. They're too right. busy, like, no, we have goals. Um, but yeah, also the fact that Marco doesn't Marco's like the poor kid now. So the fact that he yeah. gets in for the dollar ticket is like Ugh. Wow, that's heartbreaking. It, it, it's very, very real and very like, ugh. When you're the poor kid in a rich school, that's a mood. Yeah, and like, everybody, like, I feel like, here's the thing, I feel like the the reason that there's such tension nowadays between Marco and Tobias is because both of them are now dealing with everybody else's pity, without them knowing mm-hmm. it. Oh, I don't yeah, think, I don't true. think people try to address them with pity, but both of them are getting various pity cards from the rest of everybody. They also deal with it in the it. complete opposite ways, where Tobias exactly. is very sensitive and very op- not necessarily open about how he's getting hurt, but he doesn't lash out, he just kind of yeah. takes it and and sequesters himself and marco's like no i'm untouchable i'm a sassy little sarcasm boy yeah (laughs) and that's how he copes and 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 when they do it together it works like tobias appreciates that and marco loves it when tobias makes jokes about himself like they relate on that level but they're not close yeah Yeah. Uh, anyway I'm, i'm very eager to potentially explore that in the future but in the meantime, what we instead deal with is the zoo has dolphins named after the cast of Friends. Hell yeah. Yeah, they do. Oh my god. This dolphin's named Joey Chandler. Ross, Joey's, Monica, Joey Phoebe, loves and food. Boy, howdy. Fucking Joey <laughs> loves food. God, is it the 90s. We've got Walkmans and we've got the dolphins named after Friends. Yes. Holy shit. But then we get back into what was happening with the moral dilemma of yeah. Cassie bringing up Hey, these animals are, like, super intelligent. And, by the way, by the way, quick segue, they keep calling dolphins fish in this fucking book. I know, it made me, it made me go wild. I think they do, I I can't remember if they do a, like, dolphins are mammals, duh. But, um, they do casually call them fish, and I'm like, please, guys. Cassie, where's your um actually? You need an um actually here. Right. It would have been a quick one line because Marco goes, both the porpoises and dolphins are just fish, right? You could interrupt him there, but not, no, that doesn't happen. Anyway, Cassie's like, I don't know how to feel about this because they can think. Like, it's not the same. And then they bring up something that we don't think about, right? Mm-hmm. But Rachel goes, Yerks take over humans, right? Controllers control people. Mm-hmm. We don't take over the animal. We just copy the DNA pattern, create a totally new animal, and then, and then Cassie interrupts, and then control that new animal. Yep. So that brings up the mentality of, is the animal that you create to inhabit an animal without you inhabiting it? Well, here's... I don't even know how you could determine that. Here's what I... I I love this because it really mirrors, like, no, what they do and what the Yerks do is essentially the same thing. They are creating a body with different abilities for them to control, right? Like, they are... And they they literally uh, dichotomize, this is the animal brain. We suppress the animal brain, right? Like, and that's fucking something, isn't it? That is what the Yerks literally do. They suppress the thing's natural instincts and force it to do what they want. But it is, it you know, they've created a copy through DNA, through cloning, essentially. But those experiences are still somehow in that DNA. So there is, yeah. 
it, it's fucked up. It's very, and, and they get into it, man. They get into it. They do. And I think what really solidifies her, um, Cassie's entire mentality about this is before she does take the dolphin's DNA, mm-hmm. she asks, may I? Yeah. Knowing that she couldn't answer. And I think that that just, that's just Cassie as a, like, concept all in one Ugh. is that set, that bit of her asking permission the concept of her caring about the consent mm-hmm. of a, a morph mm-hmm. like love uh, it i love that's it that's what separates you that's what separates you from yep. the yerks cassie there it is that's yep. it the fact that you bother to care because nobody here's the thing they asked chapman in the last couple of books they asked chapman or he volunteered right with that Mm-hmm. you know caveat of don't touch my daughter yep and then they don't respect that yeah but and it, in this it's her asking mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. they become they become dolphins and it's fucking joyous <laughs> they, mm. they it is pure fun and joy and the ocean is where they belong and they know it and they race and play and do flips and just are like look what i can do look what i can do look at how high i can jump and it's just like everything's please. fun and great and like it's such a wild dichotomy from anxious squirrel to carefree dolphin yep Damn, way to bookend that shit, Kay. Also, like, holy shit. Everything is fun and great until it's very much not. And they find mm. out that there's a shark attacking a whale. And all their dolphin minds are like, well, it's time to go fuck it up. Because that is true to life. Dolphins just hate sharks and they'll kill them for sport. Um, yep. yep. Cool. <laughs> great. Dolphins. Uh, hey, listeners, by the way, if this is the part where I start crying, I'm sorry. Apparently, this is the part where I just cry about whales. Yeah. Because yeah. we're about to get into it. So they, they fight the shark. The shark. Was was it multiple sharks or just one? I think it was just one, right? It was a few. It was a bunch, it oh, was yeah. a bunch of sharks. Because the whale because they, was they bleeding. And it, oh, yeah. my God. So they tap into the dolphin consciousness, right? And Cassie's just like, yeah, there's a bunch of sharks and a great one. And everyone's like, the fuck is a great one? And she's like, oh, whale? Yeah. And like, oh yeah, a great one. And I'm like, uh, that's so there's a whole ocean it? language, like, that they are not aware of, but they just immediately can tap into that mm-hmm. mentality of like, yeah, that's a great one. And they go and they beat up some sharks and it's so viscerally described. Yeah. Of like, this sh- got, okay, I don't know how to tell, there's no easy way to say this, so we're gonna rip the band-aid off. Cassie, but, butchers one of the sharks, right? She punches into its gills. It mm-hmm. starts bleeding. And the other sharks cannibalize it. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's it. That's the chapter. Yep. And then they're like, how's everyone? And Cassie's like, I have a little bit of scrapes. And they're like, we're okay. And Marco's like, uh, I'm dying. Marco he got has been fucking bitten. His, his tail, his lower half has been essentially deca- like removed. It's dangling by yeah. a few strings of, of uh, what? What are the muscle parts? Tendons? You know? Sinew? Sinew. That's it. Dangling yep. by sinew. And he's just bleeding out. And they know it. And his, even his thought speech is like halting and confused. And it's like, oh, cool. Here we go. Here's the child dying now. And mm-hmm. uh, they're, they, they kind of worry about what to do. And Cassie is, this is the first time they're like, it's DNA based. So just demorph and you should be okay. Just demorph and you'll be fine. And if you remorph, it should demorph be fine. And you'll have legs. Yeah. And 
it, they, they, but the thing is, Marco can't swim, and he's like, "Shit, shit, fuck!" I'm mm-hmm. well. Th- obviously, they don't say this is a PG yeah. <laughs> book series, um, but he's like, "Yeah, I did it. Now I'm drowning." And he also he... says, "I'm going to drown just like my mother." By the way, oh my god, you're right. Yes, he's like, "This is it. This is how I he go." Says out. my I'm just dad and just fucking loses it. Like he's his consciousness is not great. No, Ugh. Marco's having a no good, very bad day, and then. The humpback whale that they saved mm-hmm. rises up to meet them. And they are overwhelmed. Specifically, Cassie is overwhelmed with, like, this overwhelming, uh, I know I've said that 14 times, but, like, joyous feeling of pure gratitude. Mm-hmm. We had saved it, and now it would save our schoolmate. And, it's, and it the calls humpback them rises ones. up. And it calls the little ones. And he rises up above the waves and he lets him sit and he says, listen, little one. In a silent voice that seemed to fill the universe. God, that's beautiful. It- Tobias flies down, by the way, because he's been watching the whole time with his bird mm-hmm. uh, e- hawk clock, hawk clock uh, on his little talon uh, foot. And he's been keeping span of the time. And that's why they had to morph back so much. And then... Tobias said later that it was only 10 minutes, but the whale shares so much with Cassie. He sh- he'd lived 80 migrations. He'd met many mates, many mothers who had died in their turn. His children traveled the oceans of the world. He had survived battles, traveled to the far southern ice and the far northern ice. He remembered the days when men hunted his kind from ships that belched smoke. He remembered the songs of the many fathers who had gone before as others would remember his. But in all he had seen and all he had known, he had never seen one of the little ones become a human. Yeah, they have this beautiful conversation, and it's this, you know, what? (laughs) Once again, we're white girls. We'll cry over whales at the drop of a hat. I'm gonna cry over whales. Uh, Yeah, Uh, and he 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 expresses this love and this joy and this understanding, and and these aquatic mammals, they really do have an incredible, you know, mind and life, and all animals have beautiful and interesting lives you know we don't have a monopoly on that but uh there is something extremely majestic and glorious about these huge ancient giants that we share the planet with. oh for sure oh yeah i i mean i've been whale watching when i saw a whale i start crying Uh, yeah incredible yeah absolutely Um, um but and the whale in this in this beautiful song and story that he shares with cassie he also shows her the dome ship he shows her what they've been looking for and gives her ocean br- ocean brain ocean dream instructions directions so next time this they'll be able to echo find the dolphin them. Ship. yeah absolutely 100 <laughs> percent echo the dolphin i never got far in that game those controls were atrocious i love that game i'll, f- I'll stream it for you yes please i would love to are bad yeah yeah I, I would love to i'll do it that was one of the few yeah. games when i was like seven and i'd go to someone else's house and they'd try to play echo the dolphin and even they didn't know what was going on and i was like i don't know about this guys <laughs> Like, I don't have good quality God. assurance at this point in life. And even I'm like, <laughs> wow, Echo the Dolphin sure is something. <laughs> okay, so moving past yeah. me crying about a whale, we're going to hot skip ahead to me crying about something else, which is... Um, the Marco Cassie? Basically, 
Yeah, the Marco Cassie thing, where where Cassie goes over and watches Marco's dad's depression house, where Marco's dad is just staring at a TV. He goes because Marco's that's what he like, does all dad, the time. Dad, go put on your bathrobe. Mar- Marco has to tell him to try and like clothe himself for someone else there, and Marco won't even let her in the apartment because it's so. No, he comes outside and he specifically says, "We're look. I'm just spending the day with my dad. Okay, we're thinking maybe we'll, you know." do something yeah together and he's just like no 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 he he comes out he comes out of the house the swimming pool is drained and closed and leaves covered the bottom yeah holy fuck what a way to comment on the fact that there is no bodies of water in this house like mm-hmm. no 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 swimming no no drowning mm-hmm. and here's the most Im- incredible thing. This is, this is, Nika learns how to respect Marco four books in. <laughs> yeah. She comes over and she wants to apologize for the fact that he almost dies. Reasonable. Makes sense. And he goes, yeah, look, it wasn't your fault. It's this whole thing. I think this whole thing is He's fucked. like, yeah. I don't want to be an anamorph. Is, it's, it's not you. It's the situation. And it's always been the situation. That has been my point the entire time. And now you're realizing yeah. it. <laughs> And she goes, yeah, I guess that other times it was always somebody else's responsi- idea. And he goes, oh, I get it. You don't like having the responsibility. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I don't want my friends to get killed. And he's like, yeah, we don't want to die either. But you know what? Sometimes bad shit happens. That's it. And she's like, yeah, I see shit die all the time. And he's like, look, I'm alive. Get over it. Yep. I didn't have to go. I chose to help you. And then she's like, were you scared? And he goes, I'm always I'm scared. scared all the time. Yeah. I'm scared of everything. I'm just scared. And holy fuck, I started this. Hello. Second time I started crying while reading this 80 page book <laughs> is me going, oh, my God, this tiny shitty child that lashes out at everything that ever smiles at him is just frightened. Yeah. And he understands that. Like, he he's not making excuses for his fear. He's like, no, I am terrified. I understand the risks that we're taking. And that scares the hell out of me. Because he, he sees the whole picture so well out of the group. You know, he's the tactician. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that notices that there are weird ships hanging out looking yep. for shit and he's like i think those are the controllers i think this is a ruse and then the way that he ends it in a classic marco way is going hey you know what's weird by the way what by the way cassie you know i've been so scared of all these aliens and shit you know what would be weirder just die into a shark yeah, just a regular old earth like, thing we have to fight aliens and humans and body snatching slugs and now we have to also fight sharks just sometimes really thanks it's exactly like i i just beat cancer and now i'm gonna get hit by a flaming toilet seat from an airplane or (laughs) something you know yeah Yeah, exactly like oh shit all right (laughs) funny and then she it's like she is not amused (laughs) and he's like not funny haha like funny weird (laughs) funny weird it's whatever and he's just grinning and i was like oh no Oh no, did Marco just skyrocket to, like, a character I empathize and relate to? (laughs) Oh shit! I mean, and like, and Marco's just out here just like, he's just doing his best! But the, like, oh my god. It got, it's very real. So many motions in this, in this book. Every scene has a very real point to it, and it does not pull punches, right? Like, this this particular book is so 
hard with its punches. I think that I think that's generally how Cassie books go. Um, because she's it. so emotionally dense, you know, like she's, she has a depth mm-hmm. to her and she understands and points out the layers immediately to what people are saying. Um, she's so important. I mean, capital mm-hmm. I, because she later, it, like right after that, as they're planning their next thing, which is let's go turn into dolphins, go figure out what's going on. She goes, Hey, Hey Jake, yep. Tobias is feeling kind of left out. You should talk to him later. Remind him of how many times he's helped us out. God, I yep. love you. I she's, love you. She's helping Jake be the general at that point. She's yeah, helping him she's... morale with the morale with the troops, right? Like, I mean, let's be real. Behind every powerful man is a mm-hmm. very powerful woman. But <laughs> um, then she's she stops him because she's like, this is super dangerous. And she takes his hand and holds it in both of hers. And then she just goes, look, don't. Don't ever get hurt, okay? And he smiles his smile that doesn't fit on his serious face. And he goes, me? I'm indestructible. Ah! And she just looks up. She just looks up at the sky Ah! at Tobias soaring underneath the open sun and goes, nobody's indestructible. Ah! Fuck me. You're 14. (laughs) They're 14. Tobias, our friend. Our friend who had been trapped forever in a body not his own. None of us was indestructible. Shut up. Up, K.A. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, time to go dive down to the ocean. Yeah, they, they switch to seagull, snack on some Doritos, take a ship, g- turn dolphin. <laughs> and, uh, I thought you said take a shit. I mean, They probably yeah, do There was a fun point. joke about pooping on people's oh, heads. Oh, yeah. But Tobias offers to poop on Marco, uh, just, mm-hmm. <laughs> just real quick. They get on a ship, and then Marco's just like, hey, by the way, I, I don't know if y'all remember, I still can't swim. Yeah. So they... <laughs> <laughs> they jump in and they like make a body raft for Marco to morph with. Uh, they turn yeah. into dolphins. They head down, and then as soon as they see the ship, which is like this beautiful little reverse snow globe where the air is on the inside, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they go up to the entrance and get stunned and knocked unconscious because yeah. it's time for the the good blue boy. It's time the for Axe, the sixth baby, the sixth and- animorph. I don't know shit about this. This is my first time here, but I can safely say without a fucking doubt, God, I love him. He's so good. Aximili is Eskaroth is Thil, right? That fucking extremely Tolkien elvish sounding name. Um, exactly. And he hits us with a whammy, which is everyone's just, he's like, what the fuck are you? How are you here? How did you morph? And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, you know, Elf- Elfangor did this thing. And he was like, that's my brother mm-hmm. yeah yeah remember they had Elfangor's family photo had the two parents and then Elfangor and then one younger one and that was it here we go here's the it. younger this brother the younger one and uh Jake tells him how Elfangor died like strong in battle and Axe is very you know comforted by that but he's also he explains like that they're terrified of he he Visser three is like a nightmare scenario. He's he's a he's a boogie. He doesn't man. even want to say his name. Yeah, he, like it's a very Voldemort yeah. kind of thing of like, don't say that name down here. I'm still alive. But hey, can we take a hot second and realize that this entire time these kids have been doing their shit, Axe has been down here he's alone been under the ocean, trapped for weeks. Yep, he has been trapped in this bubble for weeks with nothing to do and uh, no one to talk to. Nobody there. And he, yeah, but he did uh, harass a hammerhead shark at one point, so that's canon. At one point, 
Um, you know, he's doing his best. Also, as they're the like situation. relaxing and demorphing and talking and shit, X is like, these are the trees of my people. The way the water interacts with the land and is framed by the trees is called this. Like he gets into like Andalite art, which I fucking love. I love when they get into alien him. art in any series, but this was so And cute. someone's like, Rachel yeah, is like, Cassie's like, you have a cute. word for that? And he's like, there's so many names for the way that everything interacts, the way that nature interacts with everything, the way this cast is light on that. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel just goes, he is he's cute. cute. And I'm like, me Hell, too. That yeah, is adorable. Me too. <laughs> so they're, they're kind of scary. They're kind of, they get kind of scared because Axe suddenly tells them, yeah, the whole point of this is like, they'll, they'll take you humans for what you're worth and then they'll kill your planet. And suddenly Cassie just gets thrown into this fucking like thing of like, you mean they're going to kill all the animals? Yeah. They're going, they're they gonna literally kill are going to wasteland Earth? it to make it look like their home planet, which is a shitty dirt ball so that's cool that's great that's they're going to not it's everything it's everything they've ever known is at stake even more than just their autonomy uh also he's like which one of you is the leader and they all look at jake and he or he's not leader he's like which one of you is the prince and they all look at jake and jake's like please no (laughs) everyone looks at jake and he's like hi prince jake and he's like no he's like don't 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 i'm not i'm no one's prince please yes you are you are beautiful boy axamili goes i will fight for you prince jake until i can return to my cousins and we find out that his people won't return to earth for one or two years yep and jake's like oh fuck five kids against half the half these destroyers and then axe is like he does this smile with his eyes and he's like six my prince and i'm like oh my god i stand a boy and a man he is so cute yeah six my prince he's like "Uh, don't call me prince of course don't call me prince jake doesn't like this whole I'm the leader, but not really. So uh, they yeah. morph and axe morphs into Hammerhead. They decide to flee because the Yurks have caught, found the dome ship. So it's now uh, a matter of time. They need to haul ass out of there. And Axe is so terrified that he he like jitters, like he's so scared of Visser Three. Just his voice. Mm-hmm. As they flee, Visser Three morphs into this like fucking three chambered tentapod monster that goes like whoop 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 as it's like pumping out the water that it's using to propel itself yeah yeah i imagine it's kind of like cuttlefish right yeah they have this amazing like and what's weird is that what's great about this this series is that it goes through like they have wins and they have failures so they win because there's all these taxons that show up Mm -hmm. and cassie ends up ramming one as a dolphin and it just fucking explodes underwater and then um axe has this uh shark that he previously like figured out how to morph into and so he morphs into the shark like everyone's kicking ass there's a moment of victory and then viscer three does this bullshit and they genuinely for the 18th time this month probably (laughs) these children come to terms with the concept of death literally like axe is shaking and going he killed my brother he killed elfangor he's gonna kill us they're overwhelmed with memories of watching him eat elfangor too and watching the taxons eat the scraps which is jesus christ what a nightmare i will never forget that No, yeah, they're eat, they 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 watched and like I bet you that 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 visceral com- a comparison between the sharks eating another shark and this mm-hmm. is just fresh in her mind, and she's shaking with terror and she goes, "Help me!" She's just crying out. She's using her echolocation, and then she let it all go, 
and said goodbye. On page mm-hmm. 75 of an 82-page book, this child comes to terms with dying. And this again. was a long chase, and it was slowly catching up to them. And that and is horrifying. That is a literal nightmare that everyone has once in a while, where something is chasing them, and it's slowly gaining on you, and you can't escape. Yep. Uh, yep. But yeah. And then, so she cries for help. They turn to try and make a last stand or be eaten. And the whales come to save them. The whales, many whales and sperm whales, different breeds, different species of whales come to fight this thing who they call the destroyer. And these 130,000 pound beasts ram into them. And even though they're not built for fighting, nothing can stand against being slapped around by a goddamn whale. (laughs) Not for long. And it saves them and it sings and he retreats. Visser three gets away. It sings and it's ha- and it tells them, it thanks them, and they understand that they're working together to try and help their planet. This is so heartbreaking because she calls it my whale, the big humpback, returned yeah. and rested in the water beside me. But like this is when they they had to change back into human form. I think mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Because they were running out of time. Yeah, the, they let and the she, whale lets them ride on their back as they turn human and carries them closer to shore. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I can't. Whales don't think in human words or human thoughts. Whales aren't as smart as we believe. I don't know what a soul is, but if humans have them, then so do whales. Yeah, it's they so... don't have to know words to sing songs. Shut oh. the fuck up! I'm crying right now. I love whales, and like." The feeling that the sea itself had called them to respond to the presence of an abomination. And, like, she doesn't want to share this with everyone, but I think that everyone fucking gets it. Because, like, this whale is so beautiful. They know what happened. How incredible is it to see these behemoths get together to fight a monster? And it's to save them in their desperate call for help. All of the children fall asleep on the whales as they're bringing them back to shore. Mm-hmm. And then when they get close enough, they wake up and it's sunset. And they turn back. And then Axe does something wild. Yeah, he takes... <laughs> he, he, becomes, he becomes their son. Uh, he takes all of their DNA and melds them into a new kind of single human. Person. A single person that is his human form. And he says, as he does it, with your permission... And he does a bunch mm-hmm. of face touching, which I think is very funny. Just it's very cute. <laughs> he he, he nubbies of... at at them for a hot second, and 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 he loves love the mouth sounds. They... He's never had a mouth, so he's, he's just he, like he has Bleh. so much fun rolling the words around in his tongue. He's like, hey, well, well, choyoyoys. Yes, strange. Like he's never had a tongue and a mouth and lips. He's having a great time. Uh, they kind of have a fun little moment where he's like uh, doing his thing, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Wait a second, are are you are you male or female?" Yeah, he's like, Let's, "I choose we boy actually because ask. I am boy," and they're like, "Okay, I, I think boy." <laughs> yeah, so so Marco and Jake help him put on his clothes because he does a fun sight gag, which is he puts his shirt on his feet and his boxers on his arms. Oh, absolutely, he's he's doing his best here, X. <laughs> So uh, and he's like they two legs, only two legs. This is this is wild. How do you all stand? Right? Yes, yes, two. Ooh, very shaky. And then everyone's just like, "Hey, Axe, don't, don't, don't talk on the way home. Maybe yeah, don't talk <laughs> to strangers. Please it's only fun. trust us. Our beautiful mouth sounds, child. Uh, 
don't put anything into and your mouth, please. You know, they they have a new baby to babysit. Um, they have a sweet new baby. And the fucking book ends in the most beautiful fitting of Cassie way of her going back. She flies as a seagull back to the zoo at night. She meets the dolphins. She transforms into a dolphin in their pool as though to basically say like, hey, I, I don't, is this okay? Do you get it? Do, can I have your permission? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, play with me mm-hmm. in this space. <laughs> play with me. Play with us. Play, play with us. Come play We're with us. Fun. Uh, play with me. And it and is they, like that beautiful acceptance. They're, what what intelligence they have, even though it's not human, they understand in a way what she's doing. And they think it's okay. They accept her as, as part of them in as that she way. Is. As she is. Yeah. And oh god, it's beautiful. That's how it ends. What a great fucking ending to a small book, right? Like what a beautiful little book. Eighty pages. That's beautiful. All right, we gotta wrap up. This was incredible. What a good time. We've both teared up several times in this episode talking about whales. This episode (laughs) while reading, I love whales. I'm gonna think about it later and cry too. That's just the way it goes. Thanks for joining us. We hope you had as good of a time as we did. First off, let's all thank K.A. Applegate, Michael Grant, and Scholastic Books for their extremely fun and traumatic children's series, Animorphs. You can find links to get your own copies of Animorphs in the episode footnotes. We'd also like to thank our friend Matt for making our intro and outro music. You can find him at Nice Wizard Music on Twitter. Check him out. Hit him up. Make him slap the bass. And, of course, if you'd like to send us comments and get updates on episode releases, you can follow the Lit Kid Lit Twitter at LitKidPod. Or, if you'd like to follow us individually, you can follow me, Kara, at Bishojo World, or Nika at Gossamer Owl. That's Bishojo with a U and Gossamer with two S's. You can also email us at LitKidLitPod at gmail.com. You know, it's a, it's a good classic Gmail. All right, <laughs> bye! bye. Look, I'm a simple bitch. All you have to do is go to an art museum with me and care about the bullshit that I'm spewing, it's, and I'm sold. It's, it's that simple, isn't it? <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. all it takes is someone who's willing to, like, engage in culture with you. It's great. The standards are so low. <laughs> we have we have so many arms to hug you with. The more to hug you with. So, they only have f- two, but, like, you know, maybe centaur- Maybe you can hug with horse also, I don't know!